Here we go. 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 Oh, 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 here we go. Here we go. Oh, 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 here we go. 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 Best radio show ever. Hey, who's this? Well, I am Butter Swales, governor of Alabama. Hi, it's Gerald Perlmutter. Tom Sharpling, governor of Party. Hey, Tom, it's Purple Sir. Hey, Tom, it's Mark Michaels. This is Richard Collier from Chicago. What's your name? Barrington. Barrington. And well, what's inside the tube? Fire. Why? Maurice Kern. Horrifying. Hey, Tom, it's Bruce. Tommy. Who's this? Gingivitis. Gingivitis. Yes, they have ring bologna at the Wawa I go to. What? I hate you. It's Peter. Hey, it's Steinberg. Mm-hmm. You are creepy and I'm hanging up on you. <laughs> Boing. Roger Devlin. My name is Ali Faranaki. I'll say it. You'll hear it. You'll do it. I'll get it. You'll learn it. I'll live with it and you'll die without it. Smash or trash. Derek, I'm calling from Newcomb. Good day. What's up, Tom? This is Tristan. Hey, it's Michelle. Yeah, Tom, this is Jim Riffle. How you doing? When I get to do the toilet talk now. The vaudeville of the new century. My name is Tom Riley. I'm calling from New Zealand. Hey, man. Right. Tent don't stand without the tent pole. There's a tent pole show. Hey, this is Ted Leo. What? This is Petey from the future. Hi, Tom. It's DJ Terry T. Hey, Tommy. How you doing? Hey, it's Captain Jack. My name is Mike Sajak. Get off my phone. I don't care. Hey, this is Zippy Pants, man. I'm going to go to bed now, Fafer. Hey, Tom. It's Gord. Hey, Gord. How are you? I was in a band in the in the early '90s. My name's Jerry Page. Tom. My name is uh, Jeffrey Ludell. It's a fat, diseased, wild orangutan, isn't it? The disenfranchised have a home now. I'm the hero of the disenfranchised.
Fresh on WFMU is back again on another Tuesday night installment. My name is Tom Sharpling. I'm the host of tonight's episode of the best show on WFMU entitled Eeny Meeny Miney Murder. Part two. We've done part one already. Had to work that perfectly. Like science. Ready to go. Nation Ulysses, right into the theme music. But no. Got thrown off my game. I had my finger on the button, ready to go. Ready to uh, uh, fade down one, cue the other. Then boom. The uh, guy who hosts that uh, old music show walked in. It scared me. Right as I was about to uh, work out the perfect cue. Threw me off my game. Show's already operating from a deficit now. Already operating from a deficit. It's like taking the court. You come out, you get scored on, it's, uh, it's uh, 11 nothing. It's 11 nothing right now. This is basketball, by the way, not hockey. If it was 11 nothing in hockey... Yeah, you'd leave. You'd, you'd go home. Basketball. We can put it together. Just got to, uh, coach just called a quick 20. Gonna go to the bench. Gonna, uh, run a go-to play. Someone just put some points on the board. Nation Ulysses, uh, from the, uh, Nation Ulysses play Pretty for Baby album. We heard Mockingbird. Yeah. Before that, DJ Ted Shred, the one and only DJ Ted Shred, from his mixtape volume two, we heard the Beastie Boys versus Kennel Ration Dog Food. And if you don't know who uh, DJ uh, Ted Shred is, what he does is he uh, these things you hear. Uh, it's him him basically taking two records. And recording that live in one take. He's not doing it in a uh, studio like uh, fancy schmancy, sitting there making sure he got the uh, the pitch right, and then uh, let's uh, let's do it again. I'll, if we lay this on top of that, he's not pay. He's not. He's not looking at some computer screen where he does this. This guy's uh, sitting there uh, like a like a like an animal with two turntables, making it happen with his own hands throwback. This guy's a throwback. Not one of these uh, chowder heads with the laptop. Now I'm going to do a DJ set. Oh, where are all your records? Oh, they're all here uh, in iTunes. It's not a, it's not a DJ set. You, you might as well hit shuffle. You might as well go home. Yeah, I brought my iPod. Can I pick it up tomorrow? Let me know how the set went. You know, if you see some DJ doing uh, dancing, he's dancing. Not a DJ. He's a guy with a fast internet connection. I gotta do a, uh, I gotta do a DJ set. Let me start downloading some stuff right now. 
Sorry, guys. You gotta bring the 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 the, the stuff. You gotta lug it. You gotta have a sore back. You're not a DJ. It's old. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm. I might be. Maybe I'm talking like I'm uh, old, old school. You know what? That's how it goes. I see these uh, these fine men and women lugging the crates of records. They don't want to be doing that. You think that? You think it's a party for them? No. But you know what? They do it because they know it's on the vine. It's tangible. You got to touch it. Before that trio from their album Da Da Da. We heard Anna, let me in, let me out. Good stuff all around from Trio. Ah, before that, the Mary Timoney Band. The name of the album is The Shapes We Make, and the song we heard was Sharpshooter on the Kill Rock Stars label. And starting us off, Jim Ford. From a record called The Sounds of Our Time. We heard a song called Working My Way to L.A. Not a very good song. Much better last week. I heard it uh, a couple weeks ago. I was like, ooh, this is a good song. Actually put it on uh, on the air. It's not so hot. That's one of those ones I thought about pulling the plug on. Heard that violin that... I was... Ugh. Almost. I almost just started the next record. Songs that have that. Whatever. Show's underway. It's no going back. What's this thing's rolling? We don't go back. I'm like Ted Shred. You know, let's do take two right now with the show. I didn't like how that uh, opening set went. Let's do take two. No, the show's live. Even though you may be listening to it on your iPod uh, four days from now, this show's live. This goes down live. Each and every Tuesday night in Jersey City, New Jersey, here in the WFMU studios, the phone number 201 209 9368. Other level sound out there. I'm still getting used to this new mic. Sounds good? Pro? I got this new mic. It's like, uh... It's hard to get used to. It's like talking into the, uh... The, uh... The, uh... The, the space shuttle in 2001. I was arguing with somebody. Stanley Kubrick. Mike. Associate producer Mike who's out there manning the phones, did he or did he not write the music for 2001? I don't believe he did. What? Mike says no. I'm pretty sure he wrote the music. Didn't it say on the... I, I can almost... I'm almost positive. I'd almost bet everything I own. I could picture on the screen original music composed by Stanley Kubrick. And then he did. I almost remember him doing it on like a variety show with a seal 
playing like a row of horns doing the music, and he was really proud of that. I don't know if he trained the seal, though. 201-209-9368 is the number. Still operating from a deficit. The Stanley Kubrick original composer routine did not get us out of the hole we are in. Tomorrow is the 4th of July. That's right. Today is July 3rd. You know it's a major patriotic holiday when Matt Drudge changes the color of his text on the Drudge Report to some patriotic color. Like if it's like uh well you know it doesn't just change for patriotic holidays. Like for for Fourth of July it will be red for the red, white, and blue. For Christmas it'll be green, the color of a Christmas tree. Oh, somebody's calling now before a topic's put on the table. A risky proposition. You just realize if you're one of those people who calls before the topic's on the table, you are saying, I, in essence, am more interesting than any topic you can put forth, Tom. Let's find out. FMU, you're on the air. FMU, you're on the air. No? Hold on. Oh, boy. Why is this not on the air? Hmm. Oh, that's why. Wah, wah. Sorry, person I just hung up on. They will call back? Okay. 201-209-9368. Fourth of July. Fireworks. Hot dogs and hamburgers. I have no plans for the fourth of July. Other than to celebrate in my house. Quiet contemplation. The power of America. I like to sit in my living room and gather all the neighborhood kids together at some point. And I uh, lecture them on, on uh, what it means to be an American and how proud they should be. Then, three hours of quiet contemplation. Mike just said he will be out uh, working the campaign trails tomorrow for uh, Mid Romney, his his candidate of choice for the 2008 election. I'm still not sure who I'm going to vote for. Still not sure. I like Rudy, obviously. Obviously, I'm a Rudy man. But I like a lot of stuff Mitt Romney says. And I'm starting to really warm to uh, Fred Thompson. He seems like a really nice guy. He seems very... He's got like that friendly, super warm, everyman quality. He doesn't seem like a uh, a bullying blowhard at all. FMU, you're on the air. Hi, Tom. Hi, who's this? This is uh, Mark in Toronto. Mark in Toronto calling. Yeah. What's going on, Mark? Oh, not too much. We had our own little uh, version of Fourth of July up here. It's the First of July Canada Day. Yeah. Total ripoff. Of you don't holiday. like. You don't like it because we won, right? <laughs> yeah. We beat That's every true. country on earth. Yep, I'm not going to argue that. Thank you. Uh, I was just wondering what your take on the Scooter Libby, uh, it's not a pardon, but the commutation of his sentence from uh, two years jail to nothing. Uh, what, okay. what you thought of that? As you all know, I'm, I'm pretty much a, uh, I'm a news junkie. I wake up, I read 14 newspapers... Before I get out of bed, 
at seven o'clock at night. It takes me it takes me eleven hours to read all the newspapers. And uh, this Scooter Libby thing, I gotta say, as a news junkie, I'm pretty happy that he's not going to jail because apparently I he did something. Like he's he snitched on someone or something, right? Yeah. And like, if he goes to jail, he's in for a bad uh, trip. So I'm glad he's not going to jail because I think he might get hurt in there. Snitches get a rough ride. Snitches get stitches. That's the first thing you learn on the street. <laughs> you wouldn't understand that up in Canada. Yeah, that's true. We're gentler up here. Then, then you get you get the. Uh, business end of a hockey stick up there right <laughs> not in jail they don't let you play jail in hockey i'm just saying on the streets oh yeah on the streets you get the business end of a hockey stick well, right depends on what time of year it is then what what do you get well like in the summer what do you get uh well our national sport is actually um curling no it's not curling although there's a lot of curling that goes on here drinking but <laughs> that too Eating uh, donuts? It's lacrosse. That's Canada's national sport. That's no, our it's official not. national sport, yeah. No, it's not. Seriously. You're trying to make something up. I, I'm i not. Nope, nope. I w- if I was making something up, I wouldn't make that up. Yeah, lacrosse is our national sport. Really? I, I can Wikipedia it for you if you want me to check. That's all right. Did you all play right. it growing up? Did you play lacrosse? No. And I don't know anybody who ever played lacrosse. Is that the one in the on the horse or in the pool? Uh, it's the one with the little net stick. Ah, in the pool. It's the one in the pool. I think it can be played in a pool, but is, is that the one where you where one person closes their eyes and then everyone else in the pool hides? That's uh, Marco Polo. Oh, that's not your. Na- I thought that was your national sport. No, it's a little chilly up here for swimming-based uh, sports. Although I do like, I do think you're right about lacrosse being played in the pool sometimes. Okay. So, what is your take on this whole scooter Libby thing? Apparently, the way I uh, understand it, he's uh, he's like it was like a spy or something, and then he like hid and heard some information, and then told. Um, the guy on, like, what is it, like the McLaughlin report? He told him the stuff? He told, uh... Did you know they found out three of those people on that show are dead? <laughs> and still on the show? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they actually nope. tipped over in the uh, this past Sunday. Morton one guy, The one guy shattered the coffee table. <laughs> um, they, uh, what happened, it's, it's really long and convoluted, but the, the short version of it is that he, uh... He outed a CIA agent for, uh, on Dick Cheney's behalf. So it was like a gay CIA agent? No, it was a female CIA agent. Uh, like the wife, the wife of jo- Joseph Wilson. Now I'm interested in this now. A former ambassador to Iraq and uh-huh. Ghana and other What? Uh, oh, I'm bored. Stop talking. USA. 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 That's making my head hurt with all this stuff. I don't know what or who that is, and I have no interest. Ghana. Give it up for America. This is our time. 
201-209-9368 is the number here on the best show on WFMU. Just so you know, I checked the uh, checked the uh, the chart. Best show, undefeated in 2007 so far. The show has yet to lose. No L's. Is it the ha- we, we have made it past the halfway point of the year. That counts for something. That should count for something. But here we sit, getting ready to claim the second half of the year. See if we can go uh, full year without a, without a loss. Oh, according to uh, though a guy like Hesh, though. A guy like Hesh. Would say we, we maybe one uh, maybe one or two uh, W's all year. Yeah, where's Hesh and the rest of his little uh, little creeps, little creep haters? Little trolls. I feel like Hesh is probably uh, heading up some uh, some anti-America rally right now. Guy like that, dirty commie. If you're out there, Hash, give a call two zero one two zero nine nine three six eight. What should I put on the table as a topic? Hmm. Oh, oh! Anyone who's got an iPhone, anyone who's got an iPhone, call in. I want to talk to an iPhone, somebody on an iPhone. I got to say, the iPhone, what's the big rush? I got to get mine the day it comes out. Really? No other cell phones available? There's only 18 million other cell phones? You're going to buy the thing. Then you're going to walk around. You know there's people walking all around, uh, all around the major cities trying to like have these very obvious conversations? Like, in the middle of Penn Station with all the people... <laughs> Heading to and from trains. Yes, anyway, I uh, just wanted to know with their arm, their elbow cocked fully at a, you know, level with the ground. Completely parallel to the ground so they can take up as much space so that anyone can notice their phone. So anyway, hmm, where would you want to eat tonight? Italian? Well, let me check my phone and see if there's any Italian restaurants in the neighborhood. What? It's not working because it's brand new and it's still got all the uh, the bugs have not been worked out of it. I'll call you back from the payphone over there in the corner of Penn Station while I reboot my iPhone. What's the rush, people? No, it's not like it's It's not like they just released the first cell phone. Everybody on June 29th, a portable cell phone will be available. It's called a cellular phone because it uses cellular technology. You are no longer chained to your house. Get ready. That I would wait online for. And I didn't, I didn't even wait online when that was the case. iPhone. 
Who's got I want to hear from an iPhone. I want to hear that amazing fidelity. Probably these buzzes and, and clicks. Probably try to talk to somebody. Probably goes... Bleh. Oh, yeah, that was... Uh, that was uh, I was just updating a new version of iTunes on my uh, iPhone. Oh, oh, well, I couldn't hear what you said there because it uh, the thing bleeped to let, to let you know that it, uh, it updated the thing. Oh, yeah, oh, I'm talking here. Oh, yeah, uh... Well, I can't hear you now. Well, because it's uh, it's uploading some movie times for. Uh, I couldn't find your phone number because the screen froze when I was uh, trying to find out when uh, trying to find out when Transformers was playing. Ugh, Transformers. One thing leads to the next as we go down the road of I can't stand it. The next cobblestone. What is that, by the way, Transformers? Ah, look, I'm a little... I miss Transformers. I wasn't six when it was out. I'll admit that. Should be no secret. But still. Seriously? Who's that speaking to? If these guys are so big... Giant robot hiding as a truck. Why are you hiding? If you're a giant robot, be a giant robot. Well, that truck is a giant robot. Wait till you see him. He grows to 25 times his size. By day, he's a lowly pickup truck. By night, he's a giant robot. A transformer, if you will. Ugh, that's a movie. I had a chance to see that in an advanced screening when I was in Los Angeles. That's right. Soak it in. And I said, thanks, but no thanks. The only thing that will get transformed when I see Transformers is my mood. iPhone, Transformers, 201-209-9368. Teach me. You know what? Maybe I need to learn about Transformers. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe it passed me by. Sure, I come from a uh, generation with, uh, I'm more of the, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the horror hosts. Yeah, that and, uh, you know, Conductor Bill hosting uh, black and white cartoons, Hurrying Home, Howdy Doody, Fibber McGee and Molly, The Shadow. That's my background. Upstairs, downstairs. This Transformers thing. I thought I had a lot of kids listening. Teach me about Transformers. Get ready for the battle. That tractor trailer is going to turn into a robot. And then that uh, truck's going to turn into a robot also. And they are going to fight. Like, I see the trailer for it. I don't even know what I'm looking at. Does every one of those movies have to be shot so, like, twisty, like, aggressive, like, the camera? It's like, can I just actually focus on what I'm seeing? Do you have to move the camera also? And it's not even a camera you're moving. Like, you're moving a computer uh, screen. It's like some, uh, some dope uh, doing uh, special effects is deciding to move the camera. Give me a headache. 
That and uh, the Die Hard movie. Like, I, I like the first Die Hard movie as much as anybody. But I don't know about this one. See the trailer for it? Crashing a car into a helicopter. What planet? How's the other one? He's, he's jumping through windows with uh, bare feet. FMU, you're on the air. Hey, Tom. Uh, this is Poughkeepsie. What's that? This is Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie? Yep. That's your name? I'm from Poughkeepsie, and I, I think I represent the town enough that I can claim that name, yeah. Fair enough. Poughkeepsie from Poughkeepsie is what you're going to be called. Yes. So teach me, young man. What would you do? you have an iPhone? Uh, I have an iPhone, and today I saw Transformers. You do. You, you, you're, you're teasing me. No, 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 no. The iPhone was a gift uh, for my birthday. Uh-huh. And Transformers, uh, me and my girlfriend went to see it. What was the big rush to get the iPhone? Um, I didn't I didn't ask for it, um, but my cell phone had broken, and my parents showed up with it. Mm-hmm. it so they signed that 11-year contract that you um, apparently need? No, I have to pay. They're not paying the monthly thing. I'm paying, like, $80 a month if I want uh-huh. internet. So. Um, but I, I went to Friends of Tom on it. So. Oh, you, know what I, you know what I dread? iPhone uh, breaks. Got to take you to the Genius Bar. Uh, oh, brother. That's a disaster. Yeah. Good luck with that. Well, I mean, I think it's a... I don't know. It's a, it's a cute name for something as opposed to, you know, uh, Geek Squad. Well, I'm not defending Geek Squad either. Good. That's like a two-way tie for last. No, definitely not. There's two different classes. We got an, we got an A class and a D class. Oh uh, wait! So the genius, the genius bar. Those people are the A class. Oh, they talk to you one on one. They explain to you the problem, and they show you how you can fix it yourself too. Yeah. I, I take it you're not a Mac enthusiast. Oh, oh, I, I, oh, oh, contraire! I have a Mac. Nonsense! I've logged. You have my, an iPhone. I've Any lo- true Mac enthusiast has an iPhone. What's that? Any Mac enthusiast would have an iPhone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Four days later, you have to have one. Oh, oh I'm yeah. sorry. I'm not keeping up. Well, you're don't right. call yourself a Mac enthusiast, then. I didn't call myself one. You're you're you're, you're trying to you're an au contraire. You're trying to make like I'm some enemy of Mac. No, I'm not some enemy of Mac. Yeah. It sounds like you're a PC. Why don't you go uh, put on a tie? Yeah, like the commercial. Yeah. yeah, trust me, I'd rather be like that uh, PC guy rather than that uh, that mutant uh, cool guy. He's in Die Hard, which is also a good movie. Yeah, good. You don't know. I don't know. Did you see it? What, you Die Hard? I saw Die Hard. I saw Transformers. I also saw, um, I don't know. I just saw it yesterday, too. Damn. Must have not been that good. Scale of 1 to 10, what do you give Live Free or Die Hard? Um, a strong 3. On a scale of 1 to 10? Oh, okay. Oh, can't count, huh? Good news, the computer's doing great for you. You might, you know, you might want to try an abacus. Get off my phone! Guy's gonna rub it in my face. Can't even count from one to ten. I'm gonna try an old-fashioned ca- calculator. FMU, you're on the air. Uh, me? Yes. Oh hi. Um, I have an iPhone. You do. Why, 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 why did you get it so quickly? Well, I'll tell you why. I I have an iPhone, and I waited online for three hours um, to buy my iPhone because uh-huh. um, it's really quite simple. I mean, it's the same reason anybody would would wait in line to buy a PlayStation or a Harry Potter. I mean, it's a very basic fundamental principle, and that is that... You have when, a hole uh, in your life, and uh, you need it filled by a gadget. No, is that what it is? no, not at all. That would, no, that, no. 
I um, well, quite simply, I needed I needed a cell phone. I I have a cell phone. It was very old, mm-hmm. and um, it just was quite frankly not doing what it needed to do for me. So mm-hmm. um, I needed a cell phone, and as for an iPod, I have an iPod, but it's like uh, the iPod Nano because I bought the iPod Nano when it first came out. Mm-hmm. I waited in line for an hour and a half just to get the the little iPod Nano, and it, it only holds like half a CD or something. It's nothing. So I needed an iPod, and I needed a cell phone. And in between the iPod and the cell phone, I mean, uh, I, I, the, the the iPod with the video and the, and the new fancy cell phones, they can easily cost three or four hundred dollars each. So I, I I figured that it's a great bargain. I got my iPod phone for I, for I don't even remember. I just swiped it, and um, it was truly a necessity. And I wasn't busy that day, so it was like if I wait till tomorrow, I might not get it because they're gonna sell all out and then they're gonna have to restock it. I'm not gonna get it, so I had to wait bad day to, to get it right away. Do you understand? Yeah, I think I'm still going to stick with what I said before. What, what would that be? That you got a hole in your life and you're trying to get a gadget to fill it. No, I know I don't have a hole in my life. I spoke to the doctor. He told me I don't have it. Oh, I guess going to go into his little routine. Spoke to the doctor. Guy with his iPhone. Try, probably trying very hard to be noticed. Hello! Like it rings. Answers it as loudly. He's probably in the middle of a Starbucks. Hello? Yes? No, I'm talking to you on my new iPhone! You want to what? You want to go see a mighty heart? Well, let me look up some movie times. New topic. Going on the table in a matter of moments. FMU, you're on the air. Hi, Tom. This is Ryan from Short Hills. 07078. Yes, sir. Anyway, since we're on the topic of phones, I want to talk about uh, ringtones. Yeah? What about it? They're extremely annoying. They're uh, noise pollution. Like what? Well, what kind of ringtone drives you nuts? I don't know, like, uh, let me think about this. The other day I heard this ringtone You don't know, of... huh? What? Go ahead. Let's hear it. Okay. The other day I heard this ringtone that was like a fire engine signal. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just don't need that. It's just dangerous. Unnecessary. It's, you're right, it's dangerous. And uh, I'm perfectly content with my cell phone on vibrate. People might think that little uh, fire truck from the uh, dog food commercial is going to drive by. Yeah, you're right. And what if that goes off in the movie theater? It's going to be mass, mass exodus. It's going to be nuts. Yeah, people think there's a uh, miniature fire truck going to put out a tiny fire. Yeah, you're Nobody's right. Nobody's going to... Yeah, right. You know what? You're a real fire truck? That's loud. A cell phone? Yeah. That's not that loud. No one's going to get but pulled it's, ob- it's don't obnoxious, wor- though. Don't, you know what? Yes, it may be obnoxious, but don't, don't worry about some panic setting in. <laughs> there's a fire! There's a fire! Just, Run! Go ahead. Right. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Next. okay. I- I'm done, too. I-, I voice my complaint. What other ringers drive you nuts? What songs drive you nuts? Oh, you know what? They're actually, the worst, the uh-huh. presets they have on there. They're the worst. That, like, Caribbean one? Yeah. Maybe uh, it's a samba. I'm not Spend the sure. two bucks to get a song on there, people. The presets. Yeah. You know Mike has as his uh, cell phone ringtone? 
Trust me, nuts. Uh, don't stop believing by Journey. No. What? El Condor Pasa by uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Well, that's 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 coming out that's coming out of the closet a little bit. Uh, uh, yeah. But he sings along with it closet. every time it every time it rings. He sings along with it. <laughs> that's that's kind of bizarre as well. I'd My roommate in college had a. Yes, I would. Oh my God! I, you know, is that on bookends? I think that's on uh, Bridge Over Troubled Water, their final uh, album. Oh, I see. Yeah, that that had a little bit of still a, working a your Caribbean way through the, influence. Still working it, your way it? through the Simon and Garfunkel catalog. Not up uh-huh. to a Bridge Over Troubled Water yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't have Bridge Over Troubled Water. I'm not the hugest Simon and Garfunkel fan. Oh, what? But I saw an interview with Paul Simon on Charlie Rose the other day, and man, did he look terrible. With who? Paul Simon. Yeah, Paul Simon on Charlie on Charlie Rose. He's got the same thing uh, affecting uh, Imus. Charlie Rose. No, uh, Paul Simon. It's like that weird uh, softness entering softness? in. Softness. 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 Like yes. what do you mean? Like he's starting to. Uh, he looks like somebody. Uh, it looks like it looks like if Paul Simon was a balloon, somebody uh, uh, poked a hole in the Paul Simon balloon, and it's slowly leaking air. Oh dear. That's terrible. Yeah, his face looks like something uh, I saw in my friend's sculpture class. Did your friend do uh, Paul Simon sculptures? <laughs> uh, well, you want me to ask him to do one? I would love that, actually. I would love it if your friend would do a sculpture of Paul Simon. <laughs> and and what, should, what should, he, uh, should he masquerade it around at art shows or mail it to you? No, he should what? do, this is what I want him to do, a sculpture of Paul Simon... Yes. Reading the yes. first reviews of Cape Man, his Broadway show, <laughs> and realizing that it was not going to be oh, the this world. That's great. And in fact, in the interview, he actually admitted that his life derailed after that, after the bad reviews from that show. Really? Yeah, so Charlie Rose was like, so Mr. Simon, when did you feel that you, uh, you didn't have that same, that same spark you had to, to write songs? And he's like, well... I think after the Cape Man, uh, the Broadway show came out. That's when I uh, stopped writing songs. Sad. Now, son, I feel bad taking shots at, at a guy. You nah, made me feel bad. Get off my phone. Guy making me feel bad. I'm not going to throw Paul Simon under the bus. FMU, you're on the air. Hey, Tom, it's Monica. Hey, how are you? Good. Monica. I got an iPhone. You do? <laughs> yeah. What, I do. And what made you hurry to go buy the iPhone? Uh, what well, was the compulsion? I got, yeah, I, uh, well, I, yeah, there's a hole in my life, and I needed to fill it with a, <laughs> you'll with notice an overpriced how much more, gadget. You'll notice but, how much more gentle I'm going to be with somebody I actually know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I have, uh, but also because I had to go out to uh, L.A. on business next week, and I needed some sort of a mobile device. So I thought, well, we'll kill two birds with one stone. I'll have the mobile devo- device and something flossy. And how is it? You know what? Um, I regret having gotten it because of two fundamental problems. I cannot send email from my iPhone. And after spending the entire weekend on the phone with uh, the technical support at Apple mm-hmm. and with Roadrunner, which yeah. is like a... You know, yeah, yeah. I found out that the SMTP servers for Roadrunner are not compatible with iPhones. Ugh. 
So I'd have to change my email address, which I use for business and personal, and that would create confusion, and I don't want to have to do that. Secondly, um, problem setting up voicemail. That's not even the first, that's not even the only problem. Just, just the fact that it's not compatible. That's just the first of a few problems. Yeah, that's the first of a few problems. But I do have the ringtones mm-hmm. in front of me right now. So if you'd like to hear any uh, of the ringtones, I, I have w- them. I would love to. Mike okay. is actually shouting out, wanting to know if it has El Condor Pasa. It doesn't. It has marimba, alarm, ascending, bark, bell tower, blues, boing, Crickets. Can we hear boing, please? Okay, sure. Okay, go boing. Oh, boy. Oh, no. I dread hearing. I can already picture myself seeing a movie and hearing that now. There's harp. Boing. (laughs) Like I'll be be, uh, watching a movie, finally enjoying myself. Boing. Somebody, like, behind my head. Boing. Boing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm at the movies. Oh, yeah, man. But I got suckered by the 20-minute video. <laughs> by the, by the uh, indoctrination video? The indoctrination video. And I went down to the Soho store on Saturday, and it only took 10 minutes to, uh, to do the whole transaction. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, here we are. Exactly. Then four, 14 hours later... On, after all I, the customer service. Horrible. I'm still going through customer service, and, of course, you get bounced back and forth. Oh, it's an AT&T problem. Oh, yeah. it's a Time Warner problem. And there are idiots on both sides of the aisles. I've dealt with some people at Apple who are, you know, on the lower rungs of the tech scale, yeah. and they don't know anything about how the iPhone works either. Didn't you know that they're geniuses, though? They're I made an appointment at the Genius Bar. Oh. Funny you should say that. I bar. made a. Uh, I went to the online concierge and made an appointment with the Genius Bar. I then politely canceled the appointment because mm-hmm. I figured after uh, dealing with so many people on the phone that I, I just wasn't going to get anywhere. It wasn't worth my time and effort. So I'm kind of stuck with the mm-hmm. iPhone. Looks good. Functionality not. Up to par. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you might as well walk around with a nice little handcrafted statue then and talk into that. So this looks nice too, doesn't <laughs> it? This little thing. But, and a lot uh, cheaper. Yeah, but uh, with the uh, the Genius Bar, some of those people, uh, they should be more working at the salad bar than the Genius Bar. <laughs> oh, my God. All uh, right, I Tom. hope your phone gets you through your trip to Los Angeles, Monica. Thanks, kiddo. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, bye. Superstar DJ Monica checking in. It's nice when another DJ calls. I don't get that that often. It has been a while. It's like, shows like an island. Out there all alone. The lone loud mouth. Ugh. Wow, one hour of the show gone already. And we accomplished a whole lot of nothing. Unbelievable. Still didn't put that topic out on the table yet. And it's a good one. It's not as good as uh, the five people you'd at least want to have dinner with. Which was only the most successful topic ever in the history of the program. 
Well, it can be pretty good. Hopefully all these limousine liberals uh, lay off uh, Scooter Libby for whatever he did. I don't know what it was again. WFMU East Orange, WXHD, Mount Hope Worldwide, and the World Wide Web at WFMU.org. This is the best show on WFMU. My name is Tom Sharpling. I will be with you for another two hours. WFMU East Orange, WXHD, Mount Hope Worldwide, and the World Wide Web at WFMU.org. 201-209-9368 is the number if you want to call. FMU, you're on the air. Hi, Tom. This is John from Harrisburg. John from Harrisburg. Yeah, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. What's going on in Harrisburg? Oh, not too much, Tom. Uh, are, you, sorry, are you calling I, uh, on an iPhone? Is this an iPhone? It sounds an so iPhone. clear. I wish it was an iPhone. I want an iPhone. You do? Yeah, sort of. Why? So, you, so, so you, that I can multitask. So you can't get email? I don't know. I heard they weren't working, but I heard yeah. that they had vastly improved. Sounds great. iPhone. I don't know. You? Do, I don't know. I had no interest in it until two days ago. All of a sudden, you realized, I want that. Yeah, I right? feel that way, yeah. I need something. Uh, no, I don't it feel was? like I need something. But I haven't bought anything in four days. <laughs> you Americans make me sick. Absolutely. Spending your money on everything. I don't want, I, I don't know, I don't know what I want. But anyway, Let's go back Tom, to that I laugh to uh, say for thank a second. You very much and what was that laugh? What? That laugh you just had? Yeah, is it scary? That was a sarcastic laugh, wasn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Tom. Sorry. I'm is that sad. really I'm your laugh? Is that laugh? really your laugh? Yeah, sort of. If you <laughs> heard it in person, it might be worse. Has anyone ever complained about it? People have done it in mockery, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. What can I say? I have a bad laugh. You know what you do? You go back to the drawing board. You learn a new laugh. People can lose their accent. You can lose that laugh. You got it. You got it. <laughs> you should learn to <laughs> laugh more like a uh, like a uh, sitcom. Uh, uh. There you go. It's a little softer. Okay. Not <laughs> learning to laugh. <laughs> no. Well, that sounds like that you're was, twirling your mustache. That was ridiculous. Someone's tied to the train tracks. Yeah. I know. That was ridiculous. Well, I had to call in and just say, "Hey, what's up?" and Give a shout out. To, oh, oh, not a shout out, but just say hello to all the FOTs and talk to Mr. Sharpling himself. There you go. Thank you. Absolutely. You have a good night. You too. Huh? Good. 201 209 9368. FMU, you're on the air. Where was you last week? Oh, hey, it's Roy. How's it going? It's going all right. Philly yeah. boy Roy. Yeah. I uh I was out of town. I was in Los Angeles. Really? Yeah. That's where I was too. You were in Los Angeles? Of course I was. Really? Man, isn't Weird Wood too much? <laughs> what what's that? I said isn't Weird Wood too much? Weirdo Wood? Yeah. Oh, where where did you pick that up from? I don't know. I've always called it that. You've always called Los Angeles, like Hollywood. Yeah. 
You've always called it weirdo wood. Of course I have. What do you call it? I mean, but people generally, when they want to say that, they would call it holly weird. What? Who does? Like, everyone. Who do? I've heard it for my whole life. I ain't never heard that. That's stupid. I don't even get it. Explain it to me. <laughs> you don't get holly weird. No. Hollywood. Yeah. Holly weird. You don't see don't... how the you don't see how the two of the, those sound alike. No. Wood. It, it don't roll. It don't roll off the tongue like weirdo would. <laughs> weirdo would does def, definitely does not roll off the tongue. Sure, it does. Hollywood. Holly weird. Hollywood. Yeah. Weirdo would. No. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I'll, uh... Crazy out there, though, isn't it? Yeah, it I love is. Love it out there. I, th I think I'm like made for being out there. You like it out there? Oh yeah. Well, what, what did you like so much about being out in uh, in Hollywood? I just love it. You know, for like a mogul like myself, you know, just just driving around out there. Um, I saw a palm tree. Yeah. <laughs> you saw a palm tree? Yeah. You saw one. Yeah. That's it? You didn't see a whole bunch of them? I think I only saw one, yeah. It was in the hotel lobby. Why? Yeah, because they kind of are all over the place out there. I must not have seen many of them, though. Uh -huh. Weird, yeah. Didn't notice any? Not really, As no. you were driving around? I was just, I was doing deals and stuff. You know, business as usual. So you got brought out there, I'm assuming, by uh, Wawa Records? No. No. I was brought out there by Wawa Records and Filmed Entertainment, Inc. Ugh. I'm in the movies now. Oh, so, yeah. Because you were, the last time we spoke, you were running Wawa Records. Yup. And now, now to, by hearing that, uh, new, that new title, he, uh, apparently Wawa Records is, uh, is expanding its, its, uh, its scope. Into Filmed Entertainment. Okay, so now it's Wawa. Wawa Records and Filmed Entertainment. Okay. Yeah. So you are running both now? Oh, yeah. I'm even more of a mogul than I was when I last talked to you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Great. So you went out to go take care of some business. Yeah, I was I was out in Weirdo Wood, you know, pitching stuff to people, backers, big film studios and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, any anything you care to uh, divulge that you were sure, pitching? Sure, you know. Um, well, before I came out there, I wanted to buy the film rights to a you know like a good book and and pitch it as a film and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm a little strapped for cash right now. It's not a big deal, but due to some litigation that's kind of in the works as a result of that Live Stones album I'm putting out. Yeah. Oh, oh the Live Rolling Stones record that you're putting out that you recorded. Yeah. Yourself back in '81, yeah, first first date of the Tattoo You tour. Yeah, that that you probably don't have any right to put out. Uh, we don't need to get into that. Uh huh. And also, you know, Ben Gibbard. Yeah, from uh, Death Cab for Cutie. I signed him too to Wawa Records for a solo deal. Yeah, I remember that. Between you and me. Yeah. Being a little bit of a pain in my keister. Really? Yeah. How, how so? Well, he, he don't want to listen to my ideas about songs and musical direction. Well, like, well, what are some of your ideas? Well, he 
give me no songs that can get on the radio. So, uh, what, what, what's your idea of, of a radio song, Roy? I want the good, tuneful stuff, you know, like, you know, And We Danced, Escalator Life, She's Gone, Sarah Smile, uh, you know, stuff like that, Love Train, Gypsy Rose. I mean, were you... <laughs> Gypsy Rose. Yeah. Were you looking for him to literally cover songs? Possibly, yeah. Uh-huh. He wouldn't do it, though. And his original stuff? Yeah. It's like he's saving all the good stuff for Death Cab and the, and the Letter Sorters. The Letter Sorters. His other band. Yeah, the, you mean the, the Postal Service? What's that? That's his other band. I don't think so. I mean, it's like, that's what A&R stands for, you know? A&R, Airwaves and Radio. That is de- <laughs> that that is not what uh, A and R stands for. It's artist and repertoire. I don't get it. I don't know what. You said it stands for airway airwaves and radio. Yeah. Why Why wouldn't you just call it A or R? Not A. It's the same thing. Airwaves and radio. I didn't make the rules up. Omelet Erdogan did. <laughs> Wait, who? Omelet Erdogan. Uh, Omelet. Only one of the biggest record label guys of all time. Omelet Erdogan. Yeah, he's not... like Russian or something. No, he's not Russian. Yeah, and his brother Neshly. <laughs> ne- oh, ne- like the uh, like the uh, powdered uh, chocolate. Uh... Yeah, I think I think they named it after him. Yeah, so one guy is. The... One guy is named after uh one guy is named after the type of uh, uh the, the way you can prepare an egg. Yeah. So one guy they name his name his, like his parents named him after omelets. I don't know how they do it over there in Russia. Yeah. And then the it's other different. guy is named after uh or or they named the uh chocolate the chocolate powder. They at, must have loved them some chocolate. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. They're not Russian either. I, I think they were Turkish. Oh, you don't know. You're not in the business like I am. Yeah, you're. Uh, well, let you're, me get back to my movie. You're right. I don't. Uh, I don't. I'm not as educated on uh, an omelet or Nestle Erdogan. Well, I tip my hat to ye for admitting it. Ye? Yeah. What? <laughs> Where does the? Oh, as long as we're speaking formal uh, old English here. What? Okay. Well, let's let's go forward, Roy. Okay. So anyway, the only book I could afford to buy, because I'm a little strapped, just for the moment, mm-hmm. um, the only book I could afford to, to buy the rights to is this, is this book called How to Fix a Broken Hearth by Benjamin P. Gortner. How to Fix a Broken Hearth? Yeah. And what is that about? Well, I didn't really read it or nothing before I bought it, which was dumb, I'll admit it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was called How to Fix a Broken Heart. Okay. You know, like like a love story. Yeah. But it turns out it's actually a repair manual. To fix an actual broken hearth. Like a bread oven, yeah. yeah. So how much did you pay for the for the option on that? We don't need to get into that, do we? Well, g- give me a, a ballpark figure. Forty two thousand dollars. Two thousand dollars? Forty two thousand. Forty two thousand. Yeah. I'll get it back. Don't worry. DVD sales. D oh yeah. Oh DVD DVD sales of what? Of of the DVD. I've hired a brilliant young screenwriter to help turn it into a great movie. 
to turn How to Fix a Broken Hearth into a great movie. Like, who, who is this screenwriter? Well, his name is Royden Ziegler II. Uh-huh. And uh, I think I think I know that is that is that is that your son Roy Jr. Yeah, how'd you know that? I think we've been down this road eighty times before. Oh, I don't know. Well, he says it's going great. He's almost three quarters done the screenplay. He said it's like Home Improvement meets Nashville. Home Home Improvement, the uh, the TV show, the Tim Allen show. Yeah. Meets Nashville, the movie. Yeah. The the Robert Altman movie. Oh yeah. Well, I'm, I, you want to know what? You have piqued my interest. Okay. Well, I mean, when, when is this going to be filmed? Of course it is, yeah. You don't have anybody attached yet, do you? Well, my if I had my brothers, uh-huh. I'd reunite the cast of uh, uh, of Dr. T and the women. Really? Yeah. Which was who again? That was uh, Richard Gere. Uh-huh. Tara Reid. Yeah. Uh, Kate Hudson. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Farrah Fawcett was in it also. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd bring all those people back oh, together. Oh, yeah. I think they'd be great. Yeah. The world is screaming for a Dr. T uh, reunion. I think they are. Ain't they? I don't think so. Well, anyway, Roy, Roy's turning me on to all these movies. He says, you know, Roy, if you're going to be a film mogul, you just got to know films. He doesn't call you dad. Does no. He? No. Is that a little, don't. little bit of a sore spot still? I don't like it. How long has it been since he called you dad? Five years, probably. So, like, when he was ten, he stopped calling you dad? Yeah. And just started calling you Roy? Yeah. Does he call your wife uh, Rhoda? No. He calls her mom? It's just me. <laughs> just you. I don't get it, and I don't like it. I don't approve of it. I tell him all the time I don't approve of this young man. And he, you know what he says? What? Shut up, Roy. <laughs> wow. Why are you laughing? Because he sounds pretty uh, sassy. Well, hey, he gave me this list of films to check out. Maybe you've heard some of some of them. Uh-huh. Well, the one that I mentioned, Nashville by Robert Altman... Yeah. Casablanca <laughs> by Michael Curtis. Casablanca, yeah, yeah. Chinatown. Yeah. By Roman Polanski. <laughs> Seven Samurai. <laughs> Seven Samurai? By Akira. Akira. Something Oriental. Yeah, it's something Orient. Yeah, yeah. Akira Kurosawa. Who's she? It's a ma- it's a man. He. Okay, Magnolia. Oriental. First of all, that you're about sixty years out of date. What is using that word? Let's Magnolia. Mo- no, move on. People still say Magnolia. Okay, Magnolia. Who's that by? Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Yeah. By Mike Nichols. Yeah. Citizen Kane. Orson Welles. Orson, yeah. Not much of a reader, are you? It's weird when the words are actually in front of you. Yeah. I find that when words are, like, in my head, uh-huh. they kind of just come out of my mouth pretty regular. Mm-hmm. But when I have to read them, it's, yeah, it's, i got to go a little slower. Rear Window by Alfred Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. And Mall Rats by Kevin Smith. Okay, and those are the movies that 
Roy Jr. told you to check out. Yeah, I'm going to go to Blockbuster tonight to take him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, good. Good. I think you might only be able to get mall rats at Blockbuster. Okay, well, maybe I'll have to do, uh, what's the thing where you... You, you go on, on the internet and you, yeah. you Netflix. take the movie. What's it called? Net- Netflix? What? What's it called? Netflix. Let me write that down. You got it yet? Nope. Netflix. I'm, I'm doing it. You done? F. You done yet? Okay, got it, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Great. I had much uh, better luck with another pitch that I did out there. Uh-huh, what Nobody was Nobody was really into the first one. Uh-huh. What, what was it? Are you ready? Yeah, this is something... Are you strapped in? Yes, I'm strapped in. You got in. your helmet on? <laughs> I have my helmet on. Oh, you got a helmet since I last saw you. No, I'm saying figuratively I have a helmet on. No, just go. Okay. Just go on, please. The movie's called The Loch Ness Mobster. The Loch Ness Mobster? Yeah. Is that you like know a. about the Loch Ness Mobster, right? It's like a play on words, Loch Ness Monster? No, The Loch Ness Mobster. It's only been around for years and years, you dummy. You just called me a dummy. Yeah. I'll lay it out for you, okay? Okay. Well, you see, over in Europe, Scotland to be exact, there's this big lake. Is this your pitch? Am I actually hearing your pitch? Well, sort of, but I'm, I'm sort of explaining it to you, dumbing it down a little bit for you specifically. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Only over there they call their lakes locks. Don't ask me why. <laughs> I don't know why they do it. Anyhow, there's this crime family over there called the O'Malley's. Mm-hmm. And they control everything over there, you know, all the gambling, all the prostitution, all the fish and chip shops and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they're always in danger of getting arrested by the blobbies. That's the police over there in England. The bobbies? What? Bobbies. I think they're called blobbies. Let's just move on. Anyway, okay. So when the mob wants to hide... Mm-hmm. They all get in this big submarine, and they go under the water, and they hide. That's the Loch Ness Monster. So where, what is the Loch Ness Monster, then? That's what they're in. It's like the big submarine. That's what people have been seeing for all these years. Hardly anyone knows about it. So so, so this, this uh, organized crime family yeah. hides in this oversized submarine? Yeah. Why? In this lake. Yeah. And I'm assuming what they're seeing, the, all the reports of the Loch Ness Monster... Yeah. ...is what? The periscope coming yeah, up? Yeah, and the body of it. It comes up kind of high on the water. Yeah. They get a thrill out of kind of fooling people and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. And what? so the movie is what? About this crime family? Yeah. And like what? Their, their adventures and stuff? Exactly, yeah. You know, I found a backer for it. Really? Yeah. Who? Well, he's a young patron of the arts. His name is Todd Y. Kern. Todd Y. Kern. Yeah. Is he part of the Kern family? Yeah, of course he is. Part Only of the, the best for me. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds amazing. And he's th- produced several uh, several made-for-TV movies over the years. What's that? He's produced many uh, made-for-TV movies over the years. He has. Yeah. Like like what like what movies? Well, like the Steppenkel. <laughs> What's that? The Steppenkel. The Steppenkel. Yeah. <laughs> the you mean. The step uncle. Yeah. Okay. Step on. Step uncle. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Okay. How do you say it? I thought it was step uncle. Uh, step uncle. Okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> you say tomato, I say tomato. <laughs> anyway, the step uncle was uh, the last big thing that Lisa Welchel did before she stopped acting. Uh huh. And I I know that name. What you it, should. Lisa Welchel. Yeah. What is what is she from? She was in the Facts of Life. Who did she play on that show? She played Blair. Oh, okay. So, so this it was one of the last things she did. Yeah. And what year was that? Well, it, I think it was like 1985, maybe. It okay. was kind of like the stepfather. It uh-huh. actually predated the stepfather. Oh, the step uncle. Yeah, but they couldn't actually, you know, have a whole lot of violence on it because it was on network TV. Uh huh. You know, so um, the step uncle. He massages, he massages his brother's uh, previous step-families to death. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's like an evil bachelor masseuse. Or would that be a masseur? I, you know, you want to know what? I'm not exactly sure. I'm not sure masseur or masseuse. I don't know either. But he also oh. did fudge base. <laughs> I'm actually on your... Oh, I, this is something I don't like. Not being sure. You and I being in the same place intellectually. I know it's the first. I'm usually way above you. Yeah. Powering over your head. Now, what was the other... Looking down on you. Yeah. Yup, yup. Yeah. You sure are. What was the other movie he made? Fudge Face. Why? Fudge Face. Yeah. And what was what was Fudge Face about? Well, it's about a boy who overcomes incredible odds to become the number one speed eater of fudge in the world. Like, like as an inspirational kind of thing? Oh, yeah. It was Edward Norton's first movie. And who did he play in it? He played he played the, the main kid, Danny. <laughs> he played Edward Norton, his yeah. first movie. Yep. He was the star of Fudge Face. Oh, yeah. He was great. Uh-huh. The way he ate that fudge. Oh, yeah. I yeah. I've never heard of that movie. Oh, yeah. But anyway, getting back to the Loch Ness, Loch Ness Mobster. Yeah. There's one actor I'd love to get for it. Who's that? His name is James Gandolfini. I think he'd make a great mafia guy. James Gandolfini. Yeah. You mean like Tony Soprano? Who's that? Oh. No, he was Eddie Poole. <laughs> Who is Eddie Poole? From 8 Millimeter, you sin a dummy. 8, oh, eight Millimeter. That's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Wait, what? Yeah. They're nuts. Eight millimeter. I love that movie. Ugh. What, what a, don't you like about it? The uh, the plot and the acting and the directing. Well, we'll just agree to disagree on that, yeah. I guess. So you You're never going to sway me in your direction. Yeah. So you were watching Eight Millimeter. Oh and, yeah. And you you all of a sudden saw this guy, and you're like, that guy would be a great mobster. That's Roddy O'Malley. Roddy, oh, oh, the head of the, 
the Loch Ness mobster yeah. crime family. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Roddy O'Malley. So you saw him. Now, in, what do you know him from? The from the Sopranos. I've seen the Sopranos. I know. We've actually talked about it on the air. But you know when I was watching the Sopranos from the front window, you know? Yeah, and you were seeing it without the sound, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was kind of hard to make out a lot of the faces. Uh-huh. I thought for sure the main guy was played by Cheech Marin. She, no! Are you sure? I'm, I am 1,000% sure. Let's, t- let's do a bet on this. Let's do a Cinebet. Oh, a, a Cinebet. Okay. Yeah. How much would you like to bet? I will bet you... Let me see here. What's doable for me? I'll bet you $72,000 that I'm right. Uh, let me just get this bet straight before I yeah. make this bet. Yeah. The star of The Sopranos. Yeah. The guy playing the lead on The Sopranos. Yep. You're saying is Cheech Marin. Yeah. And I'm saying it's James Gandolfini. Okay. Well, what's your call screener's name? Mike? Yeah, Mike. Okay. He'll be our witness, I guess. Okay. Because no one else is listening, I'll bet. People are listening. Don't worry. I, I don't think so. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm also trying to get Roy Jr. to write a part for my new buddy in, uh, this, in this flick. Okay. Who, who is your new buddy? Is this, a uh, new, is this a new Hollywood buddy? Oh, yeah. Big time. He's big time. Uh-huh. Who's that? Uh, Dr. Christian Harfouche. Dr. Christian <laughs> You mean the ultimate fighting guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, you know him. Yes. He's great. I met him in the workout room at my hotel out there. Really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you met him in the... Dr. Christian Harfouche, who is... I think he's like a born-again uh, ultimate fighter. Yeah, we didn't discuss that stuff at all. Yeah. Yeah. But you want him in your movie. Oh, yeah. He was in town at a card signing engagement. A, a card signing we spotted each other in the weight room. Uh-huh. Yeah. What what do you mean by card si- signing? Well, he si- he signs uh, you know collector's cards. You know for for his extreme ultimate fighting league. Okay, so they yeah. they have cards. Oh yeah. He was super cool until he punched me in the face out of the blue. <laughs> what made him punch you in the face? Just kind of went into a rage. It was pretty weird. Certainly got my attention, I must say. You didn't say anything to him that might have set him off. Define say. Did anything that can that that had come out of your mouth? Yeah. Was any of it possibly uh, provocative? I didn't think it was a big deal. Well, what what was it? Well, I just said, "Man, you're so shrimpy." Uh huh. And then he punched me in the face. Well, yeah. He's like 4-1. Yeah. He's 4-1? I think so. Oh, man, but that, that fist in my face, I can still feel it. So you got, you got, you got punched in the face by Dr. Dr. Christian Harfouche. I did, yeah. Kind of a badge of honor, wouldn't you say? Um, I don't know. Uh, you know I'm not much. I, I, don't know. I usually try not to think of violence like that as any sort of uh, badge of honor. You know what? What? Speaking of honor. Yeah. I had the most incredible honor when I was out there. Really? Are you ready? Yes. Guess who I met? Who? Stallone. You you met Stallone? Yes, we talked for hours about everything. 
Rocky, Rambo, Over the Top, Tango and Cash, Copland. He even talked about Rhinestone for like half an hour. Really? So down to earth, so approachable. A guy's guy. That's fantastic. Yeah. So you, you were, how long did you talk for? It was like four hours. Wow. Yeah. That's that's pretty impressive. So, yeah. so it was just you and him sitting there. Yep. Just kind of talking all about, like you know, nuts and bolts of like making, making the movies and kind of starring in. You know, like did he did he talk about like the, like the latest Rocky one? You know, like the physical punishment of kind of doing that again. No. How would he know anything about that? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you said it's you said he was in the movie, right? No. I mean, it's Stallone. Yeah, Stallone. Yeah, he was the star of of Rocky Balboa. No, not Sylvester Stallone. Oh. Joff Stallone. Who <laughs> Frank? Did you say Frank Stallone? Joff. Oh, not not even Frank. No, <laughs> Who's Joffrey Stallone, Frank's son. <laughs> Why? <laughs> So, you were hanging out with Frank Stallone's son. Yeah, I met him at Paramount. Joffrey. Yeah. Uh-huh. Joff for short. Joff for short, okay. Yeah, yeah. And you met him at Paramount? Oh, yeah. What were you doing at Paramount? I was eating. <laughs> Paramount what? The, the the studio. Oh, so you were at the studio. Oh, yeah. You were on the lot. Oh, totally. I'll tell you. Joff Stallone makes the best pot roast I've ever tasted. Uh, uh, so he works and he was making your food. Yeah, it's a commissary. Okay. Why? All right. I, I, and, and you just, did you recognize him? Oh, totally. I, I, I recognized that look anywhere. I said, I said, you've got it, don't you? And he said, yes, I do. Uh-huh. And then it came out who he was. And he was so excited to talk about his uncle's work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said he found his uncle's films. I actually wrote these words down because I, w- I didn't really know what they was. Uh-huh. He said he found his films cretinous and abhorrent. That sounds like high praise to me, don't it? Well, sure. He's yeah, in that... awe of his uncle. Uh-huh. He really sounds like he is. Oh, Yeah. Wow. Speaking of movies. So you had a real Hollywood trip. Oh, totally. And Uh here's the kicker. Uh Uh-huh. I saw a great movie when I was out there. Okay. Well, what was it? Ratatouille. (laughs) Ratatouille. You've never heard of Ratatouille. It was only the number one movie this weekend, you dunce. What an idiot. (laughs) What a dummy. You don't belong on no radio yeah, station. You're right. Now I am going to buy it. I don't, I don't belong on the radio. So you saw Ratatouille. Yeah, uh-huh. I loved it. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about Ratatouille. Well, I thought it was great how they actually showed what Ratatouille's conscience looked like. Uh, I saw I saw it. What? What do you mean his conscience? Yeah. He's always sort of telling... The conscience is sort of always telling Ratatouille what to do. And I love that one scene where Ratatouille discovers that Demi Moore, she's the lady cop who's investigating stuff, finds out that she's a multimillionaire. Uh-huh. That was so great. So smart and brave. Smart. Uh, you, this movie, Ratatouille. Yeah. Was it animated? No. 
And there was like a female cop chasing after. What, what? So the the main guy in it was Ratatouille. Yeah. And was it was he murdering people? Yeah. Yeah, that's Mr. Brooks. What's that? It's like what? What did the, did the main rat look like? Kevin Costner. Yeah. Yeah, that's Mr. Brooks. You well, saw. What? What's Ratatouille then? I don't. You know what? There's a movie called Ratatouille. I don't know what Ratatouille is, and I don't know why you thought that it was the, uh, you know, I don't know why you would think that a live-action violent movie would be this animated kids movie. What's in the kids movie? It's like it, the star of the movie is a, a, a rat who who wants to be a chef. Well, that's weird because in the movie I saw, there were rats in it. They were all over the place. When you say you saw rats, like where, where, where were the rats? They were on the screen, and at one point they was actually crawling on me in the theater. I had to run out a few times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, did, did um, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. You didn't do anything or eat anything before you saw Ratatouille, did you? You know, I, I, I pretty much did what I always do before I go see a flick. Uh-huh, which is what? Well, I, I eat, uh, I have uh, some popcorn, uh-huh. peanut chew, some Frank soda, handful yeah. of shrooms. Uh, then I get some, uh, you know, some Twizzlers, stuff like that. Uh, so, uh, kind of kick back can, and enjoy the flick. Can you, can, back, can you back up a little bit? Oh, uh, the Twizzlers? No, right before the Twizzlers. Frank soda. I think right after Frank soda. Oh, the handful of shrooms. <laughs> yeah, the handful of shrooms. Yeah. That might have something to do with you going to into the wrong movie and hallucinating. I never thought about that. That the rats were coming off the screen and, and climbing on you. Uh, yeah, could be. Yeah, that may be. I'm that could also explain why my friend said that I got up on the stage, a little platform in front of the screen, and started saying, if you build it, they will come. Yeah, I, I think we might be able to attribute the mushrooms to that also. Well, okay. <laughs> Note to self, maybe don't do that no more. Or maybe just only take four. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, well how many were in this handful? I don't know, like 17? <laughs> Why? <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, I was celebrating. Hey, I got a roll in a second. Lots of big deals going down. Uh-huh, uh-huh. How about this? I'll call you next week, not to gloat or nothing, but just to let you know how big it's all gotten and how huge I am and stuff. You know what? I gotta say, this is a shocking turn of events. It's going to be great, ain't it? That you are now, you are now some sort of mogul. I'm like Roy Daddy. What's that? Roy, Roy Diddy. Roy Diddy. Yeah. Ugh, I hate that. What? That's terrible. I want you to call me that. Roy Diddy. Thank you. Uh, no, I was saying... You called me that. No, You're my not. minion. I, I love not, it. I did not call you that. I was You're just saying... You're my philominion. I'm your what? My philominion. Your philominion. Yeah. No, I'm not your philominion. Hey, don't be surprised if you see me on the cover of Entertainment Weekly, Time, Newsweek, and that other one next week. Why is that? Because it's going to be huge. All the deals are going to get announced in Viority. Uh huh. Okay. In Viority. I'll look yeah. for that in Viority magazine. Yup. Uh huh. 
Yeah, once you get inside, you find out about publications like that. Yeah, like Variety Magazine? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll hire you as an intern. Wow. Yeah. I, I could only cross my fingers and hope uh, you could you could hire me as, as an intern, because then I could check out uh, back issues of Variety Magazine around the office. We'll see. Uh-huh. I like to burn them, you know. But, no. but, but yeah, maybe I'll save some for you. I can't, anyway. be- I can't believe that you're succeeding like this. Oh, this, yeah, man. It's, it's uh, only going to get bigger and better. It's, Sky's the limit, no stopping me. I guarantee it. You guarantee yep. it. Oh, I pray that you are cruising for some sort of fall. Impossible. <laughs> oh, you are just... Not a chance. <laughs> you are just digging such a hole now. Who but is? You are, by being so arrogant about no it. No way. Oh, man, I just can't, I just can't believe how huge this is going to be. You know, a couple of years ago, you were working at the pencil factory, and you got fired. Those were, those were difficult times, but those were the times that made me what I am today. <sighs> the biggest entertainment mogul in the history of entertainment. It is going to come, cra- I guarantee it now. You guarantee it'll never end? I guarantee it. Ugh. There's no possible way <laughs> anything could possibly go wrong. <laughs> okay, well, I'll give you a, I'll give you a ring next week. Yeah, yeah, great. Maybe, if I deign to talk to you anymore. Oh, great. <laughs> Late. Ugh. Late. That might have been the most despicable thing he said. He managed to go out on the final thing was the grossest thing he said. Late. Ugh. He is so cruising for... It's hubris. It will be on his undoing. Hubris shall be his... Uh, like the... The, the, uh, the mighty Hindenburg. The mighty Titanic. They all sunk. Well, the Hindenburg didn't sink. Fell to earth. Two oh one two oh nine nine three six eight. This is the best show on WFMU. My name is Tom Sharpling. I'm your host. One hour and twenty minutes left in the program. As we barrel ahead. Taking you all the way to 11 p.m. The Best Show video contest is still in full effect. Video visual contest, sorry. Video is one component of the visual contest. You can take your moment. The moment of your choice from The Best Show on WFMU and interpret it in a uh, drawing or a little video or a painting or in any sort of whatever medium suits your vision. 
you go to friendsoftom.com and uh, go to the uh, message board. There's a whole little, uh, whole little, uh, uh, what do you what do you call that, Mike? A room, a little forum, a whole little forum dedicated to uh, to the contest. You can see people's entries. I know I've said it. I will start posting some of these pictures that people have drawn. I'm so bad at it. I just got a few more. Sent from that awesome artist whose name is escaping me right now. You are so talented, young man. The contest will end in early September. There you go. A date has finally been put on the the contest. An end date. Sometime in early September. So as I said to Roy, I, I, I went to L.A. this past uh, week for some uh, work-related things. There was a uh, few things with the consolidated cardboard that brought me to the left coast. Speaking of Mr. Brooks, as, I, as I'm driving down Sunset, what is the name of that horrible... There are a couple of those terrible comedy clubs on Sunset. One of them is uh, the, uh, the headquarters of uh, Carlos Mencia, and the other one is the headquarters of Dane Cook. And they're within a mile of each other. And they both look atrocious but the one I what is it the laugh factory is that the one that's Dane Cook's place every time you go by they have Dane Cook uh, posters and, and uh, like uh, promoting whatever he's up to all over the all over the uh, the side of the uh, club. They had a thing written it said Watch Dane Cook. Watch Dane Cook's new movie, Mr. Brooks, written on the uh, on the on the marquee. You wanna know what? Watch his movie. When does anybody? Well, what is this? 1932. You're gonna go watch a movie for the last 75 years? It's been, you you say you're going to see a movie. This has been set. This is being set up there by some uh, some guy doing the the lettering for the club sign. Watch the movie. Yeah, it's, I'm, 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 I'm being picky, but uh, it's just shameful. Who did I meet? Hmm. Maybe it's quicker to say who I didn't meet. Well, it's actually probably quicker to say who I did meet because I only met about three people. The one and only Henry Rollins. I met him. Nice guy. Well, 
when I flew out to Los Angeles, sitting across the aisle from me, Mandy Moore. Very exciting. Wow, this trip was actually pretty boring, now that I'm thinking of it. And... Oh, you know what I did? I went to this place, the uh, Hustler store. And I bought a t-shirt that says Hustler on the front. It's pretty outrageous. Because it just says Hustler. That's like a filthy, uh, a filthy sleazy magazine. And I just walk around with this t-shirt that says Hustler on the front. As if I'm outrageous. Hustler. Hustler. And then people are like, yo, where'd you get that Hustler shirt? Los Angeles, where else? Hustler. It's pretty sharp, I gotta say. Mike just asked if it's the West Coast version of the CBGB shirt. You wanna know what? That is an astute observation. Hustler. It's a pretty cool shirt. It's a red shirt, white lettering. Hustler. Pretty outrageous. Hey, you mean this guy's walking down the street with uh, the name of a uh, uh, porno magazine on his shirt? That's right. Hustler. I know. Hard to believe. Pretty shocking stuff. But I'm doing it. So I go to... I, I met a few people from the, uh, from the uh, West Coast uh, comedy world. I went to a, uh, a, a bar. I met all the people from the uh, Special Thing uh, comedy board. Bunch of nice guys. And I'm at this, uh, this uh, bar. I bought one of my uh, new compatriots a, uh, a beverage from the bar. And I bought myself one. And then I was going to step away for a moment. And what do I see out of the corner of my eye? Now, I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to name names. But I see, that's right, a member of the uh, Los Angeles, uh, the West Coast comedy world, trying to steal one of uh, the, the beverages I bought as I walked away. Literally, trying to steal one. I kid you not, I turned around, caught him, and he said something to the effect that, uh, Dude, just keeping, uh, I was just holding on to your drink here. Well, what, what are you, a thief? What is this, Oliver Twist? People just grabbing whatever they want? Unbelievable. Guy tried to just, uh, he thought I was looking away. What is, what is, what is this, uh, Ocean's 14? You take what, you take things don't belong to you? Yeah, you learn not to take stuff when you're four. If that's a representation of the uh, West Coast comedy world, I want nothing to do with it. If these people, uh, if the uh, basic rules of society have not yet dawned for shame. You know who you are. For shame, I caught you. Not naming names, but I caught you. You should know better. I know you listen. You should be embarrassed. Steal a uh, beverage when somebody's not looking. 
What are you? What are you? What, what are you? A, a hoodlum? You above the law? What are you, Steven Seagal? Above the law? It's rules. You don't got enough money for something, you don't take somebody else's. Shameful. I won't name names, though. Not gonna name names. Unbelievable. No manners. Hmm. I want this. It doesn't belong to me. But I want it so bad. I'm just gonna take it. No, you go without. Makes you it makes you uh, work hard so you get it. You can get it yourself, fair and square. Oh, telling you, it's hard having a moral code in 2007. It's hard. Be better off being lawless like everybody else. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll just be a crook. I'd be a pretty good crook. If I decided to become a thief, now I'm not bragging, but seriously, if I went to the dark side and decided to become a criminal, I would be the best criminal you ever saw. I'd have uh, my own little syndicate going. Little setup guys, decoys, do the reversals. I mean, it would be like Ocean's uh, 14. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll put together my own little squad, my own little crime squad. Get Mike in it. Who else? Mike, you'd be, you're definitely in it, Mike. Petey. We'll get you a nickname. No nicknames yet. Stevie Blue. Get him in. Captain Jack. Those are the guys, we call them cannon fodder. Like, uh, I would definitely let Captain Jack get arrested in one of the, one of the, uh, setups. It's called what we call the, uh, the double cross. But seriously, if I started deciding to, uh, uh, rob, look out, Jack. But I don't. I'm one of the good guys. Good guys don't rob. They defend the, the people who've been robbed. Heroes. It's hard being a hero. It's easy being a crook. Take a soft drink when you don't uh, when it don't belong to you. Shameful. Shameful. I can see the guy's face too. Oh, I can see your face. I might name names. I might name names. I'm gonna name names. No, I'm not gonna name names. To bring the entire AST community to its uh, knees. Gotta try to grab my uh, soft drink. Embarrassing. Shameful. What is this? Uh, the Wild Wild West? We do what we want? It's not Deadwood. Which also, I showed another four episodes of Deadwood to my nephew. It never got any cleaner. Unbelievable. It got dirtier, if anything. We are, we are two episodes into season two now. Me and my nephew. When does this thing turn into a good old-fashioned family western? He has learned some foul language. My nephew. 
I can't take it anymore. But why I, I'm one episode behind on John from Cincinnati. Think of I I've watched three hours of this thing now. Nothing has happened yet. There was like a guy a guy was on a surfboard. Then he levitates. Then he goes back on the surfboard with his family. Then his grandson goes on a surfboard, gets into a surfing accident, goes into the hospital. Al Bundy brings up uh, like a cockatoo into the hospital or something, wakes a kid up. That's all that's happened. Then the kid gets on his skateboard, starts uh, riding his half pipe in the backyard. And it's all of a sudden, it's like, the other thing I don't understand, some giant news story. Look at all those vultures outside trying to get the scoop. <laughs> yeah. If there's, if there's anything America uh, loves more, it's, a, uh, it's, our surfing, it's our surfing families. They are, they are our royalty. And the Yost family on this show, they are three generations of surfers. They would hypnotize America, these surfers. We cannot get enough of the sordid lives of our surfing champions. I didn't even know there were surfing competitions until I started watching this thing. Wait, they actually give prizes out for surfing? Okay. I thought there's more of a chance they'd give prizes out for like air hockey than for surfing. How do you rate someone in surfing? It's not like the waves are the same. Can't do that. The waves are different every time. If you give me the same wave you gave that guy, yeah, then you can grade my surfing on it. Surfing competitions. Now, I'm, I'm uh, John from Cincinnati's now my new favorite show. I'm hypnotized by this thing, waiting for something to happen. I'm figuring, I'm figuring, I'm working on this thing long and hard. I am going to get the ultimate payday, and everyone else is going to have to go scramble and catch up. Oh my god. One day I'm going to be watching John from Cincinnati. It's going to be like, oh my god. I can't believe that happened. That was worth the 24 hours of, uh, of uh, programming I've watched over the last three and a half years on John from Cincinnati. I'm so glad I logged all that time watching it because now it's amazing and now everyone has to go catch up. You know what? I'm getting the feeling that might not happen. Get a feeling three years from now I'll be watching the show be like be like uh, working on the uh, man the surf shop yeah <laughs> someone stole a uh, boogie board out of the back room that'll be like a seven episode arc for a plot that boogie board started glowing in the middle of the night like some like mystical realism Look at that. He rode that boogie board backwards. Get ready for the thrilling conclusion of John from Cincinnati. What will, what will Butch Yost eat for dinner? And how is it you got this one guy walking around... Uh, repeating everybody like a parrot and no one has caught on yet that he just repeats stuff 
Nobody's going, God, oh, you just said the same thing I said, but you said it with a different inflection. Like, yeah, like, I'm going to go walk down the street. I'm going to go walk down the street. You're going to go down the street with me? Well, let's get going. No, he's just repeats on it 80 times. He's repeated everything that you've said. He just he does he just hits a different a different word harder. I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to beat you up. Oh, you want to fight me? I want to fight you. Let's have it out. Yeah, let's have it out. Let's have it out. Oh, brother. FMU, you're on the air. Hi, uh Tom. Hi, who's this? Uh, this is Ramsey from Rochester. Ramsey? That's right. What's going on, Ramsey? Um, you're talking about TV. I was wondering if you saw the end of Studio 60? I did see the end of Studio 60. It was sad. What? Yeah, it was. I, you know, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna, uh, be cute with this. I was sad when that ended. You know it, why? Why that? Because it was the biggest mess I've seen in so long, <laughs> and it made me happy every week. <laughs> I'm sad to see it go, I'm not going to lie. I do like the way they wrapped everything up, that everyone's life is perfect again now. Everything went back to normal. We had this giant arc for, what was it, eight episodes? Yeah. And then quickly wrapped up. It was like, blink, blonk, blonk. It was like, <laughs> your brother's okay. We, we think Jordan's that... okay. The baby's okay. Yep, 15 seconds, here we go. Everyone's back in love. I'm going to talk to a clock. I want that clock, though. <laughs> I do want that clock from Studio 60. If anybody knows where I can get my hands on that wall clock, I'll do that for each best show. I'll set it again. Like, I got six hours and 21... No, I got six days and 21 hours before the next show. I got to start writing again. Bam! ba da da ba da 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 that was a great theme song, too. I want that as my cell phone ringer. My ringtone. <laughs> the iPhone. you got to get the iPhone. I, wonder, I would buy an iPhone if they had the Studio 60 ringtone. Came with it automatically. I either want that ringtone or the, uh, <laughs> the Tony I, Soprano I, one. I think the best you can hope for is maybe a West Wing or a Sports Night. Have you ever heard anyone with that Tony Soprano ringtone? Um... <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't think I have. I need that ringtone. Who's got it for me? <laughs> Nothing else, Ramsey? I think I'm done. Well done. Thanks, buddy. I think we're heading to an, an L tonight. I think this is an L. What do you think, Mike? We're doing our. You think we're. Are we in the winning column or the losing column? We're in the winning column. You know what I got to do then? I got to take this one over the top now. Going to play some rock. Then we gear up for the second uh, big push. The final hour. We take it home. Played this record for the last 18 weeks in a row. I will play it again tonight. Complain? You don't like it? I don't have to tell you. It's a, it's a tough world out there. You don't like it? Shut your radio off for three minutes.
Jay Retard. Right, final 48 minutes of the best show on WFMU for tonight, July 3rd, 2007. The phone number 201 209 9368. My name, Tom Sharpling. Your host for tonight's installment. And we just heard from the Birds of Avalon. From their CD entitled Bizarre. On the Volcom label, we heard Bicentennial Baby. Playing that in honor. I'm sending that one out to America. That's right, Lady Liberty. That one goes out from me to you. Those creeps out in Brooklyn, those anarchists, they hate you, but I love you. McCarran Park. The hoodlums, they laugh at my sunglasses. Got people uh, uh, wearing, uh, they got their, uh, their, they got no shirt on. They're wearing, uh, they got uh, dungarees, like uh, cords that they cut down into uh, short shorts. Sleeping uh, on, the, on the grass. No, no blanket, no nothing, right on the dirt. They're dreadlocks, they're, 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 uh, the creepy uh, white dude dreadlocks. They're laughing at me. Uh, clean clothes. Nice carrying bag. Just happen to be wearing uh, big sunglasses. Please tell me. Uh, please tell me how hilarious I am walking through. I am going to organize some sort of task force. Surround McCarran Park. Round everyone up into the pool. And start just running IDs through some sort of government computer. And we'll have tractor trailers set up to take people to, uh, to jails. Based on whatever, uh, warrants they have on their, uh, uh, for their past, uh, infractions. Laugh at my sunglasses. Who am I hurting? I'm a peaceful soul. 
I ain't hurting nobody. FMU, you're on the air. Uh, hello, this is Mark calling from Toronto. Mark from Toronto. How are you? I'm doing all right. What's going on, Mark? Oh, uh, I heard you're uh, talking about surfing. And, uh, yes. I'm an avid surfer. I've been surfing about 25 years. No, we're not talking about web surfing. We're talking about the kind where they use the water and a uh, surfboard. Oh, oh, I know. I know. You're talking about that. Is that the kind? Where are you surfing yeah. in uh, Toronto? Well, I used to live in West Australia. Kind of where ah. I fiction. But um, yes. in Toronto, uh, I go out to like Nova Scotia, which is really sweet. And guys here actually surf on the Great Lakes, believe it or not. How are the waves? Crappy. And what, what, what is a surf competition? Have you ever been a part of some surf competition? Yeah, yeah, years and years ago. And, uh, and how, how do they rate someone in a surf competition? Well, well, first of all, wave selection's a big deal. Uh-huh. Like, you got to catch, uh, like, not always the same as you said. So, so you got to catch a really good wave that's going to uh -huh. be, like, a nice long ride, and then you get points for that. And then, of yeah. course, what you can do on that wave, you know. Mm -hmm. you can long day at work? <laughs> for you? That? Run out of gas? Yeah. I Not a whole lot left in the tank. Figure to call a radio show? Oh, well, actually, I had a pretty crazy article. Let's hear it. That I saw on surfline.com today. Okay. okay. So there's these two big wave surfers that surf like 70 foot waves. Pretty uh -huh. crazy stuff. And their next big film that they're promoting right now is they're going to Alaska. Yeah. And they're. There's a giant uh, ice glacier right beside uh, the ocean up there. Yeah. Things about 400 feet high or whatever. Uh -huh. and every now and then it drops a ridiculous amount of ice into the water. And these guys are trying to catch one of these waves by being towed in by uh, one of those skidoo things. There's actually some footage on here. And it's just, I don't know if they're going to do it or not, but it just kind of struck me as like the height of ridiculousness, you know. You guys are going to love it when the uh, polar ice caps melt, surfers. It's, it's funny because, you know, they're riding these uh, petrol fuel and things to, that are causing, you know, global warming to, like, yeah. die. So. Pretty soon anyway, you, you'll, uh, that's, that's pretty crazy. you'll be able to uh, take your surfboard up to uh, surf off uh, Statue of Liberty's nose, <laughs> right? Yeah, sure. Uh, one day. Uh, I hope not. Yeah. I hope not also. Because yeah. anyway. you know what that'll mean? That America, the entire country, is underwater. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, buying some real estate up, uh, I don't know, Mount McKinley or something might be a good idea right about now. You think so? I think so, yeah. Anyway, great show. I think all your shows are W's. Oh, you're sweet. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, <laughs> bye. FMU, you're on the air. Hey, uh, just was wondering what the last, not the last song, the song before that was, the sort of soul funk thing. Hmm, what was that? Yeah. That was... Thank you for saying that. I, I went off target. I didn't back announce all my music. <laughs> That's yeah, from a collection called Soul Sides Volume 2, the covers on the Zealous label, and it's a, a cover of a uh, Gil Scott Heron song called Home is Where the Hatred Is. This version was an interpretation done by Esther Phillips. Oh, uh, okay. Before that, we heard Harlan T. Bobo from his uh, new album, I'm Your Man, on the Goner label. The cut was called God's Lamb. Mm -hmm. And starting us off, Jay Retard from his hit 7-inch on the Goner label. Two for uh, Tuesday there for the Goner people uh, down in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. I Know a Place from the single uh, I Know a Place backed by uh, Don't Let Him Come Back.
Okay, very good. What's going on tonight with you, champ? Uh, nothing. I'm actually, I live in Jersey City, so you guys are pretty close. You live in Jersey City? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing I'm for a- the 4th? I'm sorry? What are you doing for the 4th of July? Uh, I don't know. I think we're going to go to the Liberty State Park if it's not too crowded. Mm-hmm. Why would yeah. it be crowded? Well, you know, Who people, would think- uh, people we- around here don't have too much backyard space, so they, <laughs> mm-hmm. they, uh, they go to the park. You're going to see the fireworks? You excited about the fireworks? Yeah, you know, it should be fun. Uh, I think my friends have some fireworks. Should be should be a good time. Like you know, barbecue a little bit. You know where I like to watch the fireworks? I like to get in my car, drive around Staten Island. Everyone doing <laughs> their own home fireworks display. It's like driving around Beirut. Your well, car's strange, being hit by... Uh, people are doing them, they're doing them right now. Like, you can hear them. I guess they don't know what day you're supposed to do them on, or maybe they're too excited to... Well, the party is underway. Yeah. <laughs> people love America. Yeah. <laughs> They love it a couple of days early. <laughs> do you love America? Uh, well, the show's great. I so said, good. do you love America? Yes. How much? Uh, not enough to set off fireworks early. <laughs> what do you love more? Your family or America? Oh, gee, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, I'm not terribly fond of this country if you want to talk about you know, our, our political situation and yeah. all that. But, Why is uh, that? Don't worry. Well, you know, I know you know. You're, I know why you're probably mad cuz uh yeah. apparently I just found out that Bush can't run again. Oh, uh, he can't. No, is that why you're mad? That's why I'm mad. I'm a little mad. I was hoping that little the cartoon character could run instead of him. <laughs> that show is funny. I'm going to tell you. That show Little Bush, that's a yeah. funny show. It's very timely also. It's about yeah, time yeah. he's going to be president for about 9 more days. It's great that they finally got a uh cartoon on uh, skewering him. Yeah, yeah. I, was, the, I guess they'll go off the air as soon as he's done, because people won't care about and that. And the anymore. animation is really good. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't look at all like some uh, something a 13-year-old uh, could knock off in, in, uh, in uh, you know, 20 minutes. <laughs> Get off my phone! I'm not happy with the political climate right now. Tough. We won. Two oh one two oh nine nine three six eight for the final. Man, where did the last nine minutes go? Really, nine minutes went by with this is a this is the first L of the year. I can feel it. I got to pull it out right now with this hot topic. This is how we're going to close out this show tonight. Two things, as you all know, porcupine pie is. The worst song ever. It has been scientifically proven. The the song uh, by Neil Diamond, Porcupine Pie. I'll give you a little taste of it. Mike, associate producer Mike, came in and made a challenge. He said he thinks he found the song worse than Porcupine Pie. I don't know how there can be anything worse than this song. Porcupine pie, porcupine pie, porcupine pie Vanilla soup A double scoop, please No, maybe I won't, maybe I won't Maybe I'll have The tutti fruit With 
fruity blue cheese Oh, but porcupine pie, porcupine pie, porcupine pie Don't let it get on your cheese Though it sounds a little strange But you've got to eat it with gloves So your hands will turn green Oh, my God Oh, my God, indeed So anyway, Mike says that he found the song worse than Porcupine Pie. And I think I'm going to put out, this is an overarching concept. It doesn't have to be tonight. The worst song challenge. If you think you found a song worse than Porcupine Pie... You can let me know, and you can uh, let me know what the song is, and uh, either send it to me, or I'll track it down, and we will uh, we will put it up to the audience later in the, later in the, the show. Next fifteen minutes, we'll play Mike's uh, challenge. The song he's putting forth is by Ambrosia. It's called Cowboy Star, which I got to admit that's a terrible title, Cowboy Star. It's kind of got me. It definitely has me interested to see whether it's worse than Porcupine Pie. It's got to be a pretty bad song to beat Porcupine Pie, though. But right now, the topic, something went horribly wrong. If I blank, think about it. Think about your plan for life. Think about where you want it to be, what you want to, what you want it to do. All of a sudden, you find yourself in a certain situation. What would be that situation where you would have to say something went horribly wrong? Simple one, 201-209-9368. Something went horribly wrong if I blank. A little bit like match game. Hmm. Man, the song, the song, Cowboy Star, the edit. It says Cowboy Star edit. It's five minutes and 22 seconds. How long is the original Cowboy Star? No, actually don't. I don't want to, I don't want to hear anything longer. 201-209-9368. Something went horribly wrong if I blank. That's the topic right now. Put your uh, little thinking caps on. And join the party. Oh, I read this article uh, that Jamie Lee Curtis wrote for the Huffington Post. I gotta find this. Terrible. I gotta find this thing. Jamie Lee Curtis. Where is that? Someone find me the article that Jamie Lee Curtis wrote for uh, for the Huffington Post. Maybe I'll type in. Do they have a search engine? I don't think they have a search. Here it is. Let me type in. Jamie 
her is. I think I just saw. Here it is. Posted yesterday. Jamie Lee Curtis writes an article called What's Next? Broadcasting Executions. And by the way, if you got uh, you can help out on this topic, you still call up. 201-209-9368. Don't tell me this one's a flatliner. It's not a Turk one. I'm not Turk 182 in it here. Jamie Lee Curtis writes, I went to a bar last week. To say goodbye to a young friend of mine going to start her new life in Paris. Blech. At the bar, there was a TV playing without sound. Some reality show about cooking. I need to admit that I don't watch TV. Have never seen a single episode of Cheers, Friends, Seinfeld, American Idol. Well, you get the idea. Yeah, I do get the idea. You're a blowhard. Yeah, I've never spent my time watching that junk like Seinfeld. I don't even know how to turn on my TV as there is now something called input one or two or three and I have no idea what to do. Really? No idea what to do? You've been outsmarted by a TV set? Get outsmarted by a TV set. That's your problem, not the TV's problem. It's pretty easy. Usually a remote says TV on. You hit the thing, then yeah, you maybe got a couple options whether you're going to play uh, through a component or you're going to play the cable. And you pick one of those. There I was trying to celebrate with my friend when my eye kept being pulled to the set on the wall. There were some chefs on the screen all standing with their hands clasped behind their backs at attention as a panel of people. Who are they? told them mostly bad things about, I assume, their food. I knew they weren't nice supportive comments as the camera was close on the chef's faces and they looked scared and sad. They were then marched in and in and out as a group until one woman was asked to leave. She was crying, packing up her knives. It made me so sad and sick to watch. Why was I drawn to this? I didn't want her to lose, did I? Do I? I don't even know her. Why would I wish her harm? Here we go. I understand there are many of these shows now, all elimination-based and faux reality. Oh, it's just it's just coming across your uh, plate now, huh? It's uh, just coming across the uh, transom. You know that? Yeah. Well, uh, everybody else been kind of on board this reality thing for nine years now. Apparently, television these days is reality-based. I understand there's a good side, a jubilant winner, getting their shot at fame and fortunes, but the bulk of the watching, I gather. And mind you, she's watching this with the sound off. And she's going to make some blanket pronouncement on how everything is. She's at a bar. Yeah, why don't you be a better friend and turn away from the TV? Is your friend that boring? You have that, that, that little self-control? Can't uh, keep your eye on your friend? Can't lock eyes with your friend who's going to leave for another country? But the bulk of the watching, I gather, is some sort of communal elimination where the audience gets a hand in the stone throwing. It begs the question of why we feel the need to watch this. 
Oh, brother. Are we all so unhappy in our own lives? First of all, she's not unhappy in her life. Because she doesn't watch this stuff. Her life's a party. She's talking about the slobs out there. She wants to say, are the slobs so unhappy in their own lives that they need the fix of watching another human go into the gladiator ring and come out a bloody, eviscerated mess? What does Russell Crowe scream in Gladiator? Are you not entertained? Yeah, great. Gonna take a terrible movie, beat me over the head with that, complain about terrible TV. I am not entertained, and neither was that red-faced, tear-stained woman who was told she wasn't good enough. I was raised by parents that said there were only winners and losers. I like these parents. Should have listened to your parents. That the winners were good and the losers bad. The winners hardworking and for the most part thin and attractive. That's not true. I know a lot of fat, uh, ugly winners. <laughs> and the losers slovenly and unkempt. But that is true about losers for the most part. There's a general uh, sloppiness to your average loser. I don't believe them. I think the world is filled with people. People who try to dream and risk and stumble. Heavy, light, rich and poor. Who all just seek to be seen and heard, not judged and eliminated. When did life become boot camp? When were these people drafted to be on this show? Does she think that it's like the notice shows up in the mail? You have been commanded by the CW network to report at 0800 hours to a studio and be a part of a cooking show. This is, this is not optional. You will show up or face... A death by firing squad. These people want to be uh, on TV. Not that hard to figure out. I understand that a screaming drill sergeant and the subsequent training prepares a young soldier as they go into battle, but we have turned everything into a battle. Is that what life is? I don't think so. I hope this trend gets eliminated. Then we return to telling stories that are written by great writers rather than manipulated into looking real, but are really scripted and casted and controlled. What other human experience can we margin? Well, first of all, she's, she wants these real stories. She wants everything to be nice and gentle and real stories. Well, her husband makes the meanest movies ever. Christopher Guest makes these movies where he just goofs on slobs. Best in show. Look at these idiots with their stupid dogs. Gonna rip on that. Now she's all of a sudden, she wants high art all of a sudden. Name two good movies she's done. What's she? What, what, she's a part of the solution? She's a part of the solution? Oh, Hollywood, uh, Halloween H2O? We really needed the 20-year uh, uh, anniversary sequel to Halloween? That was fixing the problem? I had to pay $10 to see that thing. Thank you for fixing that. The fixing the problem with the high art that you've created over the years. Please, uh, tell me two movies she's made where, where she was the good thing in them. Freaky Friday, she was getting circles acted around her by Lindsay Lohan. Freaky Friday's better than adaptation, by the way. In terms of people playing multiple roles. Not kidding. What does this tell our children? What is this saying about us? Oh, now here's an interesting uh, comment in her next, uh, her next paragraph. In my latest book for children, ugh, what qualifies you to write books? 
Says that, is there really a human race? I pose the question, is life nothing but a giant competition? It ends with these simple thoughts as the mother tries to reassure her young son. And I'm not even going to read the junk paragraph she wrote from her stupid book. You know what? First of all, cele celebrities, writing children's books, the easiest thing in the world. I don't think anybody could write, a, you know, uh, uh, to write a classic children's book, not easy. To write some hunk of junk that's going to be gone in four months. Like, And what parent is going through uh, the bookstore and being like, oh, look at this. It's a, a book, uh, a young... Uh, a young Jay Leno talking about the uh, story of Thanksgiving. Well, won't my ch my child loves Jay Leno? Oh, this one's uh, Billy Crystal's re remembrances. First, I can you know the pa the parents barely know who Billy Crystal is. I think my dad used to like this guy. Oh, this is the guy who did the Jazz Man in the uh, at the uh, Katrina benefit and for uh, comic relief. Oh, I can't wait to. Have him uh, tell my son about uh, Halloween. Some of those books where it's like, Little Jason Alexander. Really? What, who's, who is that appealing to outside of Big Jason Alexander? Please, someone tell... Now you got the people, the writers on Seinfeld who must cringe when that book shows up in the mail. I know you got two kids. Figure you'd like this, a copy of this. Ugh. They look at, they flip through the thing. I'm not even taking this home from the office. But really, Jamie Lee Curtis taking this snob approach. Television is terrible. You know, television is great right now. It's great. Television is at its all-time best. It's not 1986. You put it on, uh, you know, the best thing you're going to see is a uh, Cosby show. That's not the gold standard anymore. Things are good now on TV. But you got this snob. Trying to, trying to say otherwise. These horrible competitions that they put people through. For shame. For shame, Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm going to look at her IMDb uh, credits. I want to see. I want to see the amazing movies she's done to elevate the... Uh, the the uh, the craft of acting. I am DB. Let's see. Let's see the great movies she's done. Oh yeah, oh here, Christmas with the Cranks. That was so great. Yeah, really brought home the great feeling of the holidays with that hunk of garbage. Drowning Mona. I saw that in the movies. That was terrible. Halloween H2O. Fierce Creatures. Terrible uh, sequel to uh, Fish Cold Wanda. Oh, she she had no problem doing uh, to, uh, an episode of the Drew Carey Show. Now that is a quality show. I will bestow my greatness on this program. True Lies. Awful movie. My Girl 2. My Girl Mother's Boys. Wasn't that some bad horror movie? Oh, that's right. She was on the show Anything But Love. Her and, uh, her and, uh, Richard Lewis. So apparently TV was good enough in 1990 when they were cutting the checks. Oh, oh, she was in the movie Blue Steel. 
and perfect with John Travolta, the exercise movie. Terrible. For shame. I can't see one thing. I can't see uh, one thing on here that has added to uh, the quality of movies. One thing. Credits go on and on and on. All junk. FMU, you're on the air. Hi, Tom. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. Who's this? My name is Ryan. Hey, Ryan. What's up? Not a whole lot. I wanted to play the, uh, uh something went terribly wrong if I game. Let's hear it. What? Uh, something went... Actually, first, yeah? what's the bed music right now? Who is that? The bed music? This is something I recorded with a couple buddies of mine. Dan the Automator and you? No, it's called Tom's Jam. Tom's Jam? Yeah. <laughs> all right. I laid this down. It's going to be You're for my new... Uh, I'm probably going to do like a, a, a CD of, of music that could be like scores of films and, and things. You know what I mean? Like a yeah. what if kind of thing. Well, you're good with the turntables, I can tell you that. One. Thank you. I can hear the whack whack. That was me. That was me. Sirens and everything. It's awesome. I was pretty good with the turntables then. <laughs> and I broke my wrist. I'm sorry to hear that. No, you can't. How about this Jamie, Lee, this Jamie Lee Curtis thing getting you mad? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Kind of oh, I'm into a I will now. say the first Halloween is good. Yeah. That had nothing I mean, to do with her. Yeah, but she was in it, so I mean that was one movie I would. Yeah. One. <laughs> yeah. She had nothing Terror, to do with that. She got chased Terror, around. Terror Train is that another one of hers? That was a Terror Train. Yeah, was that? Yeah, hey, you're right. That's so much better than a cooking show. <laughs> Terror Train. Oh, oh no, she was on uh, Quincy. Uh, she played the girl in dressing room in in an episode, <laughs> and uh, I remember that episode. Okay. Yeah, she was in a in a movie called. Uh, ugh, I can't even name some of these things. Oh, she had no problem being playing herself on Dancing with the Stars. Apparently, television was okay that night. Like, cause just because you, they, you know, that's a show where they send people home, send them packing. It's a competition. There's winners and losers. Exactly. There's winners and losers in everything. You know what she's got to do? She's soft now. She's soft. She lost her edge. Oh, sir. She's a weakling. That's what I say. Pack it up. Get out of my face, Jamie Lee Curtis. You're done. You hear me? And your your, your husband, too. Big bully. <laughs> this stupid... Uh, for your consideration. Yeah, that, 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 that movie didn't have a mean edge to it. Let's play the game. I had to say, I didn't, I've never seen that. Good for you. Don't. <laughs> All right, so something is terribly wrong if I yes. ever get the words Disco Volante tattooed to my wrist. If you get the words what? Disco Volante. Disco Volante. Which is the album by this album by Mr. Bungle. Wow, that's a good one. So yeah, here's why. Why? I was, I was working in a uh, grocery store back in probably 98. Mm-hmm. In what in West Virginia of all places, and this dude comes. I was a bag boy, and I was uh, bagging the groceries. And this dude came through the line, and he had the words "Disco Volante" tattooed around his wrist, written in the font that is it is on the album by Mr. Bungle. Ugh. And I was like, "Wow, Disco Volante, Mr. Bungle." I was like, "That's a interesting album." He's like, "Yeah, a lot of people didn't get it," and I said, "Well, I got it, but I didn't tattoo it to my wrist." So, so some yeah. dude is walking around West Virginia with Mr. Bungle, Disco Vante, right 
Yes, you know what? You are a hundred percent right. If that ends up tattooed on your wrist, something did something, go horribly wrong. Something went terribly wrong. Yeah. Thanks, right. buddy. That's my contribution. You did it. All right. Thank mm. you. FMU, you're on the air. Hey, Tom. Hey, who's this? Dave from Knoxville. Super caller. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. It's a super caller. Uh, you've, you've got some kind of string of shows going here, friend. I've tried to get in three weeks in a row and can't get through. Well, not last week, of course, but the previous three weeks that uh, you were live in the studio. Oh, by the way, through. thank you to Michael Goodstein for filling in last week. I forgot to mention that. I haven't listened to that yet. Should I, should I pull the archive up? And Sure. He does a great music show. Oh, music. Yes. Okay. So, uh, so Dave, Dave from Knoxville, do you have anything? Do you have anything to say about this topic? Uh, I, I, something has gone terribly wrong. If yeah, I ever find myself alone in a car with any of my relatives that are not immediate relatives, mm-hmm. you mean like a uh, second cousin? Anything, aunt, uncle, cousin. I mean, they're all they're all deep Southerners. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to run from that. So you're making a break from your family a little bit. Been trying. Been trying for years. You get older, you know, they start pulling you back. People start dying, you got to go back. They're trying to drag you in to their old-fashioned ways. They still want you to eat the possum. Possum, really? Yeah, I've eaten possum. Uh, when I was a small child, uh, one of my uncles took me on a, um overnight hunting trip. Uh-huh. Got a, a squirrel, a possum. Some kind of snake, mm-hmm. a frog. Ugh. He started chipping them all up. Was this Evan Almighty? Threw them in a Got bowl of boiling water and made all us seven, eight year, seven, eight year olds eat them. Ugh. It was, it was awful. That is. Are there no grocery stores down there? Uh, Pulaski, Tennessee. Yeah. Go visit sometime. Or not. Hey, you know, I, I'm sure they have a, a lot of cardboard business there. I should go down. I'm actually looking for a new a new market. Any chance I can get? Knoxville. Knoxville. I'll go down with some of my uh, my some of my samples. You come to Knoxville, Tom. Yeah. I, I'll put you up. Yeah. I'll take you down to Mechanicsville. Mechanicsville. We, we can do uh, karaoke at at Mary Jane's. I, that sounds like a fun night. You would get the whole South Knoxville experience, mm-hmm. and it, it would open up a whole new market to you. But what I have to do? Do I have to do like Outlaws songs? Uh, I've never been in there, but if okay. you were with me, I, I think I would be brave enough to, to would, try it. What we song? Can find out together. What song would you sing, Dave? Oh, at Mary Jane's. Yeah. Uh, well, it would probably have to be something by David Allen Coe. Okay. I would think. You wouldn't sing like uh, Ramblin' Man. Uh, no. Well, that's actually a pretty good bet. Seeger, oh. Seeger would go over really Seeger. big here. How about uh, Ghost Riders in the Sky? Nah, it's probably a little too literate for these guys. <laughs> hey, uh, I do literate. have one question for you, and right. a possible future topic. Let's Not that hear you're it. running out. No, I'm ready, I'm ready. Um, you may have done this before, but... Well, you know what, what don't, don't qualify what, it, let's hear it. What's the worst cover version you've ever heard of any song? Because I heard it tonight. Well, I, know, it? I know what the answer to the question is, I... I almost hate to give it up because this would be maybe a fun thing later. You want to know what, Dave? What? I'm going to tell tell you right now. Don't give it up. We I'm will, not going to give it up. We will do that topic in a few weeks. But here's an idea to stretch yeah. it out over multiple callers. Yeah. Let one person call up with the song and let the follow-up people try to guess who the, the butchered cover is by. Hmm. An interesting uh, 
That's a, that's a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a uh, kind of like an interactive twist. Uh, kind of. You think uh, you've got you've got 21st century skills? Oh yeah, I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's 21st why century I am mind. Where I am, Tom. That's 21st century mind. Oh, well, thank you very much. You have a great week. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for having me. You have a good night. Bye. Yeah, class act in out makes a point, chimes in, brings something new to the table, checks out. That's how you make a call to the show. More people are learning from that. The calls tonight have been very efficient. Except for that one guy blathering on about uh, his iPhone. 201-209-9368. I want to hear Mike's contribution to the Worst Song Challenge. We heard some of Porcupine Pie. Let's see if Cowboy Star, the edited version... By Ambrosia comes close. So city small, doggy dog, some may hold some life. But as for me, if I had my way, I'd live some other time. Raise the prairie and pass the king. I'd like to eat it too. I've passed the buckaroo I'd say you're right wow. No chance Why fight? Why be a cowboy star? Porcupine pies on the ropes Humpback drummers Love to come on Sawdust floor salutes Dance hall queens Romance to my dreams Why pop my balloon No chance Why fight Still in Alright I'd be A cowboy star I don't even know what I'm hearing It's like there's like words that don't. It's like this is insane. This, I gotta say, porcupine pie is a little more immediately horrible. This thing is. This thing is really bad. This is one of the worst songs I've ever heard. Yeah, it's building. I gotta see if it gets even worse. And there's four minutes left to go in it. Dreams of my 
of what to say other than to just make sounds. Like, ugh. I'm trying, like, I'm trying to think of things to comment on with it. Like, oh, it sounds kind of like, like a guy in, e- in uh, Ambrosia bought an ELO record. It's like, I want to do that. Like, it sounds like, you know, it sounds like a Queen record. Like, like the guy in Ambrosia's like, you know what songs I like? I like Queen. Not the hits, though. I like those Freddie Mercury piano opera songs that no one likes. And, ugh, and I'm going to adapt one of those. Yeah, and it's got orchestral uh, ambitions. Cowboy Star is my masterpiece, man. What do you mean Cowboy Star won't be the first single? Guy all coked up. Out of his mind. Guy the record label's just like, oh, brother. I think we, uh, I think Ambrosia might be done. Two minutes and 55 seconds left. Like a cowboy It's over. Thank goodness. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh, listen to this. What does this guy think he's doing? It is like Aaron Copeland. Oh, little taste of Americana. It's like being out on the prairie. I wish I could see the drummer's face in Ambrosia when he finds out that this, they're working on this. Like uh, Richard Farnsworth riding up on a horse. Big young. Now this is just insane. It's Ambrosia. Some people say that rock groups and orchestras are a bad combination. I uh, respectfully disagree. The guy from Ambrosia finally got a chance to show his vision. Listen to this. And to believe that this is an edit. What do you mean I'm only going to get to put the six-minute version on the record? I want to release the full 48-minute version. A gunshot, and the lone cowboy dies. And that's it. It ends like that. Just for people who aren't sure who Ambrosia is, 
This is what ambrosia are known as. How much I feel. This is what they brought the world. Man, I can't do how much I feel anymore. It's so limiting. I gotta spread out. I got orchestral ambitions. 201-209-9368. Which one's worse? Porcupine pie or cowboy star? Open phone. You don't know. Mike is off now. 201-209-9368. I think everyone stopped listening. I think Cowboy Star literally ended the show. No one wanted anything to do with the program from that point on. What is that? The phones are silent. Not one call. 201-209-9368. I bet you no one calls for the next four minutes. I almost hope no one calls. They're looking at the phones. If, if no one calls, I gotta say, Cowboy Star will be the winner. Because at least Porcupine Pie inspired mocking debate. Cowboy Star might have just been a pure audience killer. Like, people are like, I'm, gonna, I'm done listening to this show tonight. I've got nothing else. This is not bringing anything through. This is ruining my mood. 201-209-9368. Nope. Let me try here. Nope. Let's see if people... FMU, you're on the air. Hey, uh, they're both pretty terrible songs. Which one's worse, though? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I guess I guess the Ambrosia one is worse. Wow, okay. Tonight, yes. W or L? All right. No, nothing? Okay. FMU, you're on the air. Porcupine Pie was slightly less depressing. This song's more depressing than uh, than Porcupine Pie. Yeah, I, I believe so, Is yeah. it worse, though? Porcupine Pie, don't let its simplicity make it seem better to you, in a way. It's so... Porcupine Pie, Porcupine Pie, Porcupine Pie. That voice he does, don't forget that. Neil Diamond the, the, boiled it down... do the harpsichord, Tom. Neil Diamond boiled it down to... Two two minutes and change of stupidity. This guy took six minutes to get to the same level of stupid. You're still saying ambrosia. <laughs> but there, there was a synthesized French horn. What, yes. what the hell was that? It was. Tonight a Terrifying. W or an L? Is it W or an L? Tonight. The show? A W. Thank you. FMU, you're on the air. Yeah, hey, Tom. Hey. I think Porcupine Pie does not take itself as seriously as the cowboy wow. star. It takes the last one takes itself way wow. too seriously. Ugh. We Ugh. might we <laughs> might see we might see the crowning of a new champion tonight. I never would have thought this. WRL. Hello. Yes. Is tonight a W or an L? Uh, it's a W. Thanks. Right. FMU, you're on the air. I'm looking for the porcupine pie. Yeah, you think it's worse? Which one's worse? Oh, Pokemon Pie. Okay. W or L tonight? It's a total W. Thank you. FMU, you're on the air. You guys sound like a bunch of fairies. I don't know what that is. 
But tonight is an L now because of that guy. All it takes is one bad call, and I give up on the entire show. 201-209-9368. WRL. This is the I'm saying, I got to say, I think there's still, we need more discussion on whether Cowboy Star by Ambrosia is worse than Porcupine Pie. We are not done discussing this. And the discussion will carry on from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Evan Funk Davies is going to have a three-hour analyzation and dissertation on the differences between Porcupine Pie and uh, Cowboy Star by Ambrosia. He will also be going deep into the Ambrosia catalog, and we'll be doing an interview with with Christopher North, one of the uh, core members of Ambrosia. We'll be calling up later and... uh, and he'll be reading uh, something from an, from an IM chat he had with Joe Puerta from Ambrosia later in the show. Final calls here before I say goodnight. FMU, you're on the air. Uh, Ambrosia's worse, and it's a definite W, Tom. Thanks, champ. And that's it for the best show on WFMU. WFMU is Orange, WXHD, Mount Hope Worldwide. WFMU New... What is it? Ugh. WFMU East Orange, WXHD Mount Hope, Worldwide and World Wide Web at WFMU.org. This has been the best show on WFMU. We will be next week. Special guest in studio. That's right. Patton Oswalt will be in studio. Get ready for that. And now get ready for Evan Funk Davies. Three hours of hot rock coming your way right about now.